All right, we're going to get this started. What is going on, everyone? This is a, our first podcast, official podcast here. It's January 25th, 2017. That right there is Pedro. This right here is Farshad. I'm Alejandro. And let's talk about Carcio, shall we? Yep. Hit it, Pedro. Guys, today's an exciting day. Uh, uh, let me just introduce everyone real quick before we get started. Pedro is the man, the voice of reason in the show. He's the guy, Hello. the cool-headed mofo that <laughs> has all the right answers, right? He's, adult. he's, he's, adult. he's like the real adult in the group. Right here, Fargini is the chief zinger engineer in technology in the company. I he, develop, create, and deliver zingers. zingers. High-quality zingers. Yes. You gotta speak. You talking to the microphone. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> speak into your microphone, Farsha. <laughs> hey, I do zingers, not. I do zingers, not talking into the <laughs> yeah, microphone. Here we go. All right. And I'm Alejandro. I'm just a guy that talks a lot, and his wife complains so much that he even got a podcast out of how much he talks. So uh, <laughs> things, are, things are going great. I own a few cars, collect, don't collect cars, and uh, I just like to have oh, fun. Oh, you're a collector. You're I, I collector. just like to have fun. I just like okay. to have fun. Okay. With that said, should we get the, the show started? I think Pedro here, because being the, the, the voice of reason and the only white person here that can actually make any sense when he reads something, uh, and, and like, and people should take, take the lead if, on if it. If there's anybody that's white here, it's definitely me. I've got my, my double cup Starbucks coffee. Does that have any pumpkin in it? Actually, this isn't even coffee. It's a medicine ball. It's it's tea. It's tea and steam lemonade. I'm still trying to get over this cold. But and, and people will take him more serious. That's right. That's right. Of so. course, of yeah. course. So I wanted to hop into to some small talk first. First of all, I wanted I wanted to get some feedback because we got a lot of comments. We got a lot of uh, you know posts on YouTube asking us. What is your first car? What is the first car that you ever owned? A lot of people, for some reason, are really interested in that subject. And I think it's, it's fun because it's always a disaster. Whenever you talk about your first car, even though it's a great memory, it comes along with a lot of disasters attached to it. No? Oh, so many disasters. Uh, Farshad, I wanted, what was your first okay, car? Okay, so my first car. And, and a, a lot of car guys, I promise you, this will be one of their first cars also. Uh, that, we'll see. It was a, it was a Volkswagen <laughs> Jetta. No, oh, no. So, so you were no. a basic bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were a basic bitch from the start. You had a Volkswagen Jetta as your first Jetta. car. Yeah, Volkswagen Jetta was my first car, and I loved it. What what type of uh, Jetta was it? Do you remember the like the real square ones? I don't remember the. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, I know exactly. First. It was before the real modern ones, the 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 modern looking ones came out. So yeah, what exactly. what year was that? What uh, that was like nineteen ninety seven. 1998. Some, some, something like that. Either a 97 VW Jetta. Yeah, something like that. What about yours? Uh, how about... Mine was a Jetta, too. No, yes, come I, on. I swear to Are God. Are you kidding me? I swear to God he was a Jetta. And he was a blue Jetta, but he was baller as fuck. Because this is like... This was my grandma's car. And uh, uh, she never used it. So somehow, when I was living with my grandma, she just finagled that and said, You know what, Alondra? Um... Uh, would you like this for your birthday? I was like, fuck yeah. So I got her Jetta. I got my grandma's Jetta. <laughs> was that was that also the car that you learned to drive it on? It was epic. No, no, no. So let's talk about cars that uh, oh, okay, we learned great. how to drive yes, on yes, because yes. that was not it. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, my first car was a Jetta. I loved every second of it. And then from the, I became a huge VW um Fan. You what? still are a VW fan. Yeah. I am. I am. <laughs> now, well, now that they bought all those large companies in a different, companies, way, a different, in a different way. way. That, but year, that was mine. What year was your Jetta? I, I want to say it was probably a 2001. Oh, so you had the newer generation. The newer Jetta. generation. Oh, okay, okay. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I really thought I was a shit when, when I had mine. And, and then the turbo cars came out, and they would destroy them because I lived in Mexico City, right, when I had this. Yeah. And if you go up the mountain, if you go up in altitude, uh, naturally aspirated engines, get a lot of uh, loss of power. So they lose a lot of power. When The higher you go, the more power because you lose. The, the air Mexico is, City, you're losing about 25% of all the power from a naturally aspirated car. So when the turbo car cars came out, which were cheaper, they were destroying all of the other ones. My ego was destroyed along with it. <laughs> but what, what about you, Pedro? So my first car was a 1991 Baby Blue Ford Explorer. All-American. Uh, Baby Blue. Uh, Ford Exploder? <laughs> That's what we called it. My brothers to this yeah, day, we Ford still call it the, the Exploder. Right? You know that, right? No, why? Oh, so they had an issue with the tires, the Firestone tires. And mm -hmm. they would, the, the tires would just like, like, Fires would just, they're just like, they're just like they crazy. Were, tires yep. would just blow up out of nowhere. I didn't have that issue. I, I didn't have that issue. I think that was a little later oh, after later, after my yeah. generation yeah, of the, car. There's something with the tires, and they would explode, and the car would like flip over. Or some some weird yeah. thing. So, they call them exploders. They call them exploders. Yeah. Like I, I think that, that was a, the, a late '90s there's, okay. uh, generation. I think that's when all the Eddie Bowers started. Oh, oh I remember the Eddie Bowers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have a funny story with with my first car. So I was 15 years old. It was Christmas morning. 
I, I go outside and I see this baby blue Ford Explorer. And I, I was pumped. I, I really was. And I hop in the car. I throw it in reverse. I'm going to go show it to my friend Shane who lives up the street. And pop, 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 pop. I see a trampoline going over the top of my car. What? A trampoline? A trampoline. I back straight into the trampoline <laughs> that was in our yard. <laughs> I back straight into the trampoline in our yard. And it went over the car. Giant scratches on the side, everything, and all I see looking straight ahead is my dad down on his knees in the driveway just crying like, no! no! <laughs> Can you imagine my first fir- day? My first, my first car, my first driving experience in my car, I got into an accident, and oh. I, I left the scratches in there ever since. But that, I, that was my favorite <laughs> car. I, I had it for four years before I gave it to my brother when I, when I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, had, I had strobe lights inside of it. I had the, I had the purple Stro- neon. Lights. Yeah, dude. I had were you a DJ light. when you were fourteen? I have no idea what was no. going on, but I, I had twelve-inch subs in it. I had tweeters. I had the highs. I had strobes. I had purple lights. I had switches. So I you had, were one of those guys. I was one you of those that, guys. You were that guy. He was that guy. I had long. I had a Longhorn uh, mounted on the front of the car. Hey, no need for bragging. What about the car? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we get him, hey. Pedro. We get him. We get him. Hey, I got every bit of that 150 horsepower out of the car. Oh, every wow. bit of it. Yeah. Oh wow. So it was great. So I'm sure you can relate to this, but oh boy. being being, oh well, well, boy. being being minorities, immigrants, we don't really follow the rules that much. <laughs> so my dad and my uncle would let me drive when I was like, t- like 12, 13, like on the roads. Like I'd sit in the car, and I was always big and tall, so I looked like I could drive. But yeah, I was. I was. But you were fair. not. But, but ready. But, yeah, but I was not ready. But I remember one the one thing my dad was going to teach me how to drive stick. Oh boy! So he went and bought this really crappy. Uh, Volkswagen Rabbit. Do you know what a rabbit of is? Of course. I remember the rabbit, yeah. Yeah, the rabbit, okay? It was legendary it was car to drive stick. Yeah, I remember we were in the valley, and mm-hmm. he goes, get in, and we're going to go all the way to Santa Monica. I'm like, no problem. <laughs> Guys, from the minute he said go, I stalled that thing all the way from the valley to Santa Monica. <laughs> and it was like violent. Like, it was like... <laughs> and my dad, my dad was like, I don't even know how you're making the car do this. Like, how's the car even... Just like... A, and I felt so bad for my dad, but at the end, I, I, I finally learned how to... You got, hey, and, you, and you drive pretty well, Emmanuel, so yeah, I'll give your dad... And he's been in Santa that. Monica ever since. <laughs> exactly, yeah, he's you. been thank through you. the hardships <laughs> of Santa Monica ever since. Hey, 13 That's pretty good. Days. I'll give you mine, and then we'll jump into the new yep. subject. So I have two great stories. Uh, number one, my mom was trying to teach me how to drive uh, her Aerostar. Uh, that was all fucked up when I was 11 years old so I could go to the grocery store and do the groceries. Uh, so the first time, of course, that she's showing me how to drive at 11, mind you, at 11, I remember thinking to myself, fuck, I'm 11 years old. I shouldn't be driving. At 11, I knew that. Put the car in drive. I'm going. I can barely see over the steering wheel because I was not tall or any. I'm still not tall whatsoever. <laughs> so I could barely see over the, uh, the steering wheel. But I'm going. I'm going. And all of a sudden, I don't know how. I made a hard right. And I was going towards a tree, like straight dead on into a tree. And my mom's like, break, break. And I just didn't know how to break. I accelerated even more. And at some point, I was able to break. Uh, that was the last time I drove in front of my mom. <laughs> that, that was that. And then when, and then after that, a, a friend of mine who had a, uh, a car before I did was a Chevy Malibu, a purple one. It was horrendous. A purple Malibu. A sh- a pur- I don't think I've ever seen a purple uh, uh, Malibu. A purple Possible? Malibu. Who, ra- who wrapped it? In Vic, Mexico City. Did Vic, Vic wrap that? That was just a regular, <laughs> that was just a beautiful color. You know what color it was? Vino Tinto, like oh, the hat nice. that you were wearing oh, right nice. now. Oh, yeah, So yeah, we yeah. were rolling in the Malibu Vino Tinto edition, and my friend would take me out to places, and one of those runs, he goes, in the middle of the night, we were. I, w- I stayed over at his house, and he goes, "Hey, man, you want to steal my sister's car and want to go get McDonald's?" I was like, "Yeah, but I'm not driving at night." He's like, "Don't worry, I got it." Huge mistake because my friend is five four, probably. I swear to God, and I've never confessed this. In uh, uh, so, if she finds out, you cannot get my money right now, okay? And we take her car, and we're going to the McDonald's, and my friend's colorblind. He can't see anything at night, anything. So. He makes a right turn into the McDonald's, and I see that there's a chain because the place is closed, but he didn't see the chain, so he goes right fucking through it, and all you hear is, oh, no. The the car gets underneath the chain, so we scratched the whole front and all of the roof. We backed it up. We brought it back to the house, and we're like, what do we do? We try to fix it with all the wax that was available in the house. Didn't fix anything, but we covered the car in wax. The sister comes out the next morning. She goes, someone hit my car. <laughs> we, we all come out like pretending, what's going on? She's looking at it and she goes, it looks like someone was trying to wipe the damage off. I go, nah, it's just from the cold and the rain. And she's like, 
yeah, didn't think much of it and just let us go. That that was she never knew. So that oh, uh, yeah. lucked out. So we lucked out, and hopefully she's not listening to this right <laughs> now. Chances are she's not. She's not. Good. Yeah, good. And also, the, the statue of limitations is way over. Yeah, especially from Mexico yeah. to here. Yeah. We're good. We're good. <laughs> and he was my friend who destroyed her own sister's car, not me. Oh, that, that is true. You were just an, an accessory. Oh, boy. <laughs> an accessory to the crime. What's going to be the first thing we're going to so talk about So the first here? thing that we're going to talk about that actually has to do with important subjects is I want to patch in Rodrigo uh, and talk about F1. Let's do this. Okay, so a, a little background on Rodrigo. For those of you who are listening in for the first time, Rodrigo's my best friend. I grew up with that dude since we were 10, 12 years old, went to the same school. Uh, we moved to New York together. Then he moved to D.C. I moved here. Rodrigo knows everything about it. Economy, business, finance. He's a fucking master. He's the smartest guy that. That, that's How in our many group. Degrees and uh, he's got more degrees than I can count. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of degrees. <laughs> a, a lot, lot of degrees. degrees. So we're going to call Rodrigo and we're going to talk Formula One because Formula One just sold. Yeah, Liberty Media. just sold it. So I, I want to get Rodrigo no, on the yeah, phone. And it wasn't a sale. It was a takeover. So I'm excited to hear what Rodrigo has exactly. to say about that. Give everyone a good explanation. And w- one other thing before we bring in Rodrigo that I want to talk about is, uh, and mention about him is he also has a YouTube channel called How Does This Affect You? That's right. Which is super, super important with the way that his mind works. He, he's, always, he's always trying to figure out how, how does this affect us? How does these policy changes and things that are going on in the world, how do, how do they affect us individually and why you should care? He so, simplifies the really hard, complicated news yes. that everyone's giving you. He'll give you a neutral opinion on them, and then he'll tell you, this will affect you like this. Yep. And his opinion, which I love because simplifying the news is one of my favorite things in the world. He does it really well. So I think if anyone can simplify the whole F1 deal, will be Rodrigo to us. Yep. Can you clear one thing up, please? Yes. Is he your brother? No, he's not. Oh, <laughs> All right, All right let's, let's patch him in. Let's patch him in. Is that him? Yeah. Rodrigo. Hey. Hey, Rodrigo. Hey. 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 Welcome, hey to the, welcome to the podcast, dude. We, we already introduced you, so you don't have to worry about uh, any weird introductions. And also, uh, are you in the toilet? <laughs> no. No? Are you in a, are you in a submarine? Can, can, can you hear me better? I put some headphones on. It, it was just... Uh... Sounds amazing. Yeah, sounds great. Hey, whatever you toilet you're calling too. us from, sounds amazing. Thank you. <laughs> hey, we, we, so we're doing our fir- first podcast, and we wanted to bring you on board into this one because uh, you do one thing very well, which is explain complicated things in a very simple way <laughs> and then get the point across so we wanted to talk about formula one was just acquired by a new group right. and eccleston just sold so we we would like a little background on that deal and uh, uh talk about the uh, how that happened why it happened and uh what can we expect next and, and also how formula one works right so all right so on september 2016 like last september mm-hmm. uh liberty media which is the new company that just acquired uh, Formula, Formula One. One Group. It, Formula One, basically, it, it works in a, a, as a cooperative. There's, it has a lot of different um, partners. But Ecclestone took control of Formula One Group as that in literally 1974, when he uh, and his group actually sold the TV deals, like basically dealt with the television networks to sell the TV rights for Formula One the 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 full tour so the the all the races right mm-hmm. and he would basically sell the tv rights and give 47 percent of the earnings to the teams 30 percent of the earnings would go to the uh formula one group and then the other 27 percent uh the other 17 percent i'm sorry would go to the fia which is the basically the federation international d'automobilis which is kind of so like the fifa from soccer it is exactly the FIFA from soccer. So yeah. basically, that's how it, that's how it began. And over the years, he, he started gaining more and more control over the Formula One group and the sponsorship deals and every income that Formula One as a sport had. Then in 2004, uh, he actually sold a big stake to CBC, which is which was the current holders of that stake that Liberty Media is purchasing. Mm-hmm. CBC is a, fe- a venture fund that. Basically, they, they paid, I think, back in 2004, like a billion dollars for this. And they've seen that return multiplied many times. Oh, yeah. So selling, so, so selling today for them as a venture capital, every venture capital, they always look at an exit strategy. They've had over 12 years of big income. They don't care. They're happy. And they're selling to Liberty Media, which is actually owned by John Malone, who's you know a billionaire in the U.S., who also owns the Atlanta Braves and Sears XM. That's Liberty Media. That's what they own. Like, he does all right. Yeah, he also has yeah. the he also has the most land in the United States. 
He owns right. the most land in the United States. So just a few things in his uh, uh, portfolio. He's doing okay. <laughs> right. He's not going to need so to they, sell Zing- Zinger Cream to make money. Well, uh, hopefully, he, hopefully, he buys Zinger Cream. <laughs> Sorry, Roger. Keep going. Once he hears about it, I'm sure they'll. they'll <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, once, uh, like, CVC actually sold the stake that they have in Formula One for, like, they value the company at 8.6, no, $8.5 billion. Yeah. But the Formula One group actually has $4.1 billion in debt. So Liberty Media is only paying $4.4 billion for Gosh. the entire stake. Mm-hmm. So that's what they uh, – like they valued the, the Formula One group at that stage, and they, they pretty much just bought out CBC stocks. Now let me ask you something, just going into the Eccleston thing, because yeah. I, I, I love the way he managed Formula One. He used to run this virtually with the lowest overhead in the world, right? Like – uh, uh, just give a little explanation on how you, he used to run Formula One. Right. So he, it's amazing how he owned everything, but at the same time, he didn't operate anything, which was amazing because every single Grand Prix was, uh, had to have its local promoters. They would have to assume the entirety of that cost of promoting all the merchandising, all the you know, hospitalities, every single investment to host the Formula One was on the promoter's expense. Ah, it was so, on their pocket. So he, so he took a, a page out of the Olympics playbook. And basically. FIFA. And FIFA. Yeah. So basically, yeah. listen, basically. Rodrigo and I have always talked about, like, uh, because we do business, Rodrigo and I have had some really high ups in business and some really low downs. Mm-hmm. Understanding a business like that, it's it's it's... It's so it's, important the, the way it works because we always talked about the perfect business would be one where you're just the middleman putting everything together. You don't have any liability. You don't have any risk. You're not putting any money. You're just controlling all the moving parts. Right. And that's what and, he did so and well. And you own the revenues. That's, that's right. what's the most important part. So mm-hmm. every race, uh, I'll get a little bit into like how the races are actually built and their costs, to you know the actual cost to make a race and the revenues. But, but for now, like just to finish this, uh, like the sale, the the initial sale, like when they announced it in September, they said that Ecclestone was going to remain the the F1 Supremo, mm-hmm. uh, as they they call him, and because of his amazing dealings throughout you know the years, which is of course amazing for him. Yeah. Um, and he's done incredibly. I mean, Formula One now is the, the most viewed sport in the world with over 450 million people a year. And that's on, Which, on yeah. where TV. Uh, yeah, and that's only TV. That's not yeah. even counting all the new added, social you know, like social media mm-hmm. components that the Liberty Media will probably exploit. You know, with SiriusXM. I mean, they they probably know that they will use every single platform they have to exploit their advertisers even more so. Yeah, because they so, do okay in the United States, but they're not huge in the United no, States. No, no, no. So the question here is, how is this new purchase? Because Ecclestone was very close about social media and the young, uh, the, basically the young way of getting information out. Yep. He's totally yep. against that. Exactly. And therefore, everyone's looking at F1 saying, F1's becoming smaller and about to disappear, when the reality is, listen, people are not watching F1 because younger people Anyone under 34, only 6% of those people watch TV still. Mm-hmm. Everyone else gets their media directly from online, YouTube, social, like social, anything that's internet related. And Eccleston's completely against that. So now the new group is coming in. And Rodrigo, I'm sorry, how, how will that be affected by this, you think? Yeah, so uh, to, to me, they, they haven't announced how they're going to tackle these new uh, platforms and how they're actually going to go move forward on it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, th- this Liberty Media, they're amazing at, at, at uh, social media. I mean, just look at the Atlanta Braves, SiriusXM, the, the, the growth that they've had in using all these platforms that they have to push Formula One to new viewers. And as you say... New viewers and younger viewers, all millennials, they do not watch TV. They use it either with Apple TV, PlayStation TV. They, they, they really just focus on the accessibility of something that they need immediately. Yep. You know, that's, that's the way to go. And that's, that, that's, the, that's the millennials. And, you know, Liberty Media understands this new group, which soon enough will be the largest group in the world. Yep. And they understand how to communicate with them. And I think it's, it's a solid idea. Sadly, now they actually removed um, Ecclestone mm-hmm. as uh, F1 Supremo. They're actually uh, ordering Chase Carey to be the CEO and chairman of uh, Formula One Group. He was basically, he, Chase Carey was the guy who created ESPN to what it is today, basically. So yeah. you will understand how he 
understands the platform and how he's going to push into new new social outlets. Well, that's what I like about this. Uh, the purchase is it makes a lot of sense because it's exactly what F1 needed. That side of the right. business, these guys manage and do really, really, really well. And when it comes to expansion and new markets, which is exactly what this needs, they're going to take it to the next level. That's my opinion. That, that You're exactly correct. I mean, yeah. and... For, and they also announced that they're going to give um, the ex-Mercedes team head, his name is Ross Brown, he's <laughs> going to be the managing director of the F1 group. So basically, he's going to manage every single race wherever they go. He's going to be the one you know, dealing with the local promoters and everything that they need to do. Wait a, so, wait a minute. So you're, you're saying that Ferrari is not in charge of Formula One? Why? Oh, what? Why? And Wait I, a second. And I hope they do. I hope they win some races now. Now that they oh, that would be nice. Every now and they, then. The yes, yeah, so, they so they're on an eight-year drought right now. So since 2008, they haven't won. But they're still the largest uh, Formula Team racing in terms of revenue of and um, and championship merchandising. They, they sell the most because they yeah. sell the most cologne bags and yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> they sell the most out of everyone, right? Yeah. Right. So we. So, and, mm -hmm. How does how do the Formula One make money? That is the most important part. This is what Ecostone actually built for Formula One Group. So you have the direct revenue streams, which is the, the TV deal with the, that we just spoke about, the corporate hospitalities that they host in every single event, the merchandising, of course, mm -hmm. and sponsorships from Formula One specific sponsorships, and then local uh, promoters also get their own sponsorships for their local race. So, and the biggest one is every single host, every local promoter pays a race fee. So, and every team pays a race fee to compete. That's incredible. Which is incre yeah. It's wow. incredible because these race fees, like they start at around, like when you sign a contract with Formula One, you have 10 years contract to actually perform that race in your uh, speedway for 10 years straight. Those fees, like they start at around, um, I think it was around 30 million per year wow. and but it, but it goes up every year 10%. So by the 10th oh year you're actually paying like 70.7 .7 million dollars. That's pretty good. Holy smokes. God, hey, God bless him. God bless him. They get right. away with it. <laughs> so so just to like let's say uh the cheapest way to host a race is like street races kind of like Monaco. Yeah. Uh but it's actually not that cheap because just to build, you know, you have you, you end up having like 550 workers, 600 Firemen, like there's so many the people infrastructure. Well, there's a lot of cones they got to put up. No, <laughs> that's a lot of, a lot of cones. There's indeed a lot of cones <laughs> they need to put. There's a lot of people Actually, planning. We should, maybe we should invest in cones. You, yeah. <laughs> For Formula One, uh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. Your yearly cost in that is close to like 58 million dollars oh just to host God. the race. So I have a question for you, Rodrigo. With with these yeah. host cities, how how are they making their money? Where are they making so, their money? Tickets and uh, concessions? Is that it? Exactly. Cities, Ticket yeah. sales, the hospitality suites, the merchandising, all every like every single city actually over the span of ten years, like the we'll street racing, it goes to like the cost is actually close to a billion dollars, mm -hmm. including fees and everything. Like this is all wow. in all cost is close to a billion dollars over ten years. And but the revenues is you know they, they can depending on the uh, of course on the local promoters and how well they can actually sell these uh, you know sponsorships and hospitality suites and how good they are at receiving that revenue, they can go up from like 1.2 billion to like 1.5 over 10 years. So they're going to do so well. So ultimately yeah. it's a 200 to 500 million dollar like um, business to host, you know, to host it as, as a local promoter. And, and just uh, uh, because we're obviously running out of time in here uh, and we just want right. to, uh, I, I wanted to talk about another thing that's really interesting to me. These teams sounds like there's a lot of money to be a, uh, uh, to be paid back, you know, to be recouped. Yeah. So how are these teams making money? And why are they in Formula One? Because sometimes it's not about the money. A lot of the teams actually lose money. Well, most of them actually lose money. Yep. Uh, why? Because it's very, just the research and development that it takes to actually have your team of engineers and, and all that research that goes into the, every car every year because, you know, they keep changing the regulations every year and what, you know, what width you can have, what, how, like, how many horsepower you can have, how, like, yeah, how many it. cylinders. How, Formula like, One is now about every, who can get the best car within the regulations, period. Exactly. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's it. And all that research and development that goes there, big companies like Ferrari, 
and McLaren and Mercedes, they take advantage of that research and development and apply those advancements that they that they find in their Formula One cars into their actual production cars. But what about which Red is Bull? why Mercedes is not Red Bull. Red Bull, besides the, the productivity, they win. So winning mm -hmm. always gets you a prize. So every time you get points, you also get paid. So the, the Grand Prix is actually called Grand Prix because it's literally a grand prize. And that is for the winner. They get a huge sum of for winning that for the team. Of course. That so was just a, a terrible a example I gave, though. Money. <laughs> I, I was not talking about Red Bull in the example of just Red Bull. I'm talking about a team that doesn't have a car. It's not a car maker. Yeah, so we really talk about that research and development doesn't exist until now with the new hypercar that's going to be. Coming. Well, but that's for Red Bull. What about the the right. case of any other team, like for example, Telcel? Well, Telcel they it's don't. Not a they team. actually don't it's own the team. What they do is they sponsor, that. and that's why they call this Scuderia Telcel, because a lot of the drivers actually come into a team with their sponsors, because the sponsors are actually what funds the team. Because every like every. Um, Let's say within the car, to like the branding on the you know on the airbox is twenty five million dollars for the for the year. Uh, the rear wing is another twenty five million. The real rear wing and plates those are uh, five million. Yeah. Wow. The side wow, wow. pod another twenty five million. So basically, a, a driver that actually comes attached to all of these um, revenues, like all these sponsors, is immediately hired. Kind of like Checo Perez and Esteban Gutierrez, like these two Mexican drivers. Yeah, they're good, but they're not as good as many other drivers or even aspiring drivers. But they come they bring with the, the prize money. of a huge sponsorship. Yep. You know that it just finances the team and teams like you know like Silver and, and these teams that are actually giving Checo and Esteban like a chance. They're struggling with cash flows and of they course. need those sponsorships, so they take these drivers. And then the only ones that get paid, uh, there's only a few select group of guys that are that talented that uh, scuderias or teams will right. fight over. But that's exactly. only a handful of people. I, I was under the impression he was doing that. Yep, Hamilton, exactly. uh, Roseburg, like it's only the, the very all. select yep. few that are actually that talented. The teams will fight for you know and pay them like ridiculous salary, salaries, like well, forty that's, million. Uh, but that's where Sebastian Vettel is with Ferrari right now. You that's, know, he he won four exactly. he won that's four correct. world titles and then he goes to Ferrari and then. Yep. They all disappear. Yep. Well, uh, but <laughs> anyways, I so we need we need to move on from F one yeah. to our next topic, and I re I really think that it's important that we bring Rodrigo back to talk talk yeah. more about F one. We'll on, do on the next podcast. Uh, I have one I have one final question for you, Rodrigo. Hit it, Pedro. This yeah. <laughs> this deal with F one uh, with Liberty Media in one summation is this good for F one? Yes or no? Yes, in my opinion, yes. Okay, I great. agree. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Awesome, Rodrigo. Thank you so much. Thank brother. you so much, dude. Thank really you guys. appreciate it. Hey, hey. hey. Italian goodbye. Ah, hey. <laughs> oh, that was easy. That was our first uh, guest. That was not a real guest in here. <laughs> so we're we're doing great, guys. Do you guys want to take uh take a quick break? Quick commercial break. Do you want to take a commercial break? Yeah. For Zinger, Zinger Cream. Cream. <laughs> Zinger Cream, sponsoring your show since 2017. Can I, can I just say one amazing stat about Zinger Cream? Please. You will not believe this, but literally, it's the number one Zinger Cream on the market, and we haven't even launched it. Unbelievable, Farshad. <laughs> Unbelievable data that we, we've collected number over, over the days. Number I, one. <laughs> and I think, I think it's very appropriate that you brought up data, because that's the next thing that I want to pop into is, uh, is, is hit data. It, Pedro. And we just heard yesterday from Ford about the data on the Ford GT. Can you please explain yeah. that to everyone yes, yes, that's yes. watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then we'll, get, and yes. then we'll get into so that. I, so I got my, my breaking news from my, from my friend, The Darkest Ride on Instagram. What's up, man? I hope you're listening. Uh, what we found out is the Ford GT is coming in at 647 horsepower, 500 pound-feet of torque weighing just over 3,000 pounds, top speed of 216 miles an hour with no V8 engine, and it's only just over a second faster than the LT, which came out a two years ago. second faster? It's, it's on a track, on a track that they chose. Now, please give a little bit of the background. Who put the test together? Who, Ford put the Who test released together. the numbers? Ford. Okay, and even then, they're saying just a second faster than an LT around the track, huh? Yeah, which came, which came out two years ago, right? Also, mind you, if you're looking at numbers, just pure numbers on paper, that Ford GT doesn't make that much sense to be, like, faster than that LT. No. I, I, I would actually really like to put those cars together. I'm not saying it's not. It could be. But I actually want to put those cars together and put them on the track and really race them and see, and see what really comes out of that. Because every time we hear from a manufacturer giving us times, 
that's that's a big no-no, okay? And, and for a lot of people that listen to the show and have been watching for a while, too, the other yep. Let's Talk About Cards, yo, we know that you're not supposed to believe anything you see on the internet. Or at right. least, mostly, let's... Mostly, mostly, mostly. Except for this channel. Except yeah, for this channel. <laughs> <laughs> We're the only ones that will tell you the truth. No, but, but for real, you just... Don't don't go blindly in thinking this. For the longest time ever, I thought Ferrari was spanking Porsche in every every category, and you just go go to the track, you run the cars, and you immediately know. Wait, that's not that's not right. So who's lying? Is it a ma is it a magazine? Is it the manufacturer? And the reality is, who cares who is? The best way right. to put these numbers down is by doing it ourselves. That four GT we waited for so long, and also at two sixteen top uh, top uh, top speed. Top speed yep. That's what it is, 216, on a six-cylinder engine? That sounds ridiculous, no? Is that even possible? Wait, what was the horsepower? Uh, the horsepower is 647. So 647, the LT has 666. They're saying that the car weighs about 3,000 pounds dry, yeah, just right? just over 3,000 dry. What does the LT weigh? Uh, around there. But, I, but it really does weigh that. Does that make sense? Yeah, the uh, the 4GT immediately when someone releases numbers. Also, everyone lies about how much their car weighs. The only important thing and one thing we know about is aero. And mm -hmm. that car looks like it's got more holes than uh, Farsa can take care of. Well, you know hey, 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 <laughs> on Bumble. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. I, it really, it has, it has all the arrow already there. At least it looks like it. But still, like with all that arrow, and it's just, it's just within a second. Of of the LT makes no sense, Hang on, and, but and that's it, on a Ford press release. I I, I know that's okay. and that's what I'm saying, and that's what I'm getting to. It it makes no sense because they were they were touting this as like the best power to weight ratio of any car that's on the market. It's going to be the next America's great car, but yet the ACR was destroying the LT on the track. Fargini, you know uh, uh, you know what route they're taking. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know what route they're taking with everything that they're saying, all of their claims? Dude, the Fisker route. Do you not oh. remember? Hey, <laughs> we're going to come out with the most amazing all-electric car. All right, it's not going to be all-electric. It's going to be a hybrid. Okay, it's going to be more of a four-cylinder. Okay, it's only going to do this. And then all of a sudden, you end up with a car that you look at, and it's just not giving you the numbers that they promised you. And yeah. do, you, do you think this was wrong of them to put that out? I, I, I think I, until I, you I have think, the yeah. car ready and set, too early. Way you, too cannot, early. you can't just turn around and start and, and you know, the preaching thing is, numbers. And you're not giving anyone a chance to go verify this. Well, right now, no, yeah, right now, but saying. when the car comes out, yeah. you know. It is interesting, though, that they did release these numbers, and they 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 aren't really as as good as everybody was hoping Hope. and expecting, yeah. right? Like, well, at this time, it, you, like, that's this is what we're talking about. The AMG you, GTR is going to come out. The new Lamborghini Performante is going to come out. Those yeah. cars are supposed to be quicker than a 918 already. Yeah. Why is the 4 GT going back to? Well, we can take care of an LT. LT. Yeah. yeah. What? You know. You know what? You know it's why? It's a half I think, a million dollar American car. Yes, Parshad. I'm you sorry. You know why I think they're doing this? Why? Is because there's a lot of chatter that the car is not going to be able to perform. And yeah. I think they're just trying to get in, in front of it and just trying to kill a little bit of that energy and vibe. Well, think about this. If you're offering the car at half a million dollars, your closest competitor is the LT, right? Yeah. They, at first, they were like, we're going to destroy basically a 918. We're going to kill everything. We're going to be the fastest car, power to weight ratio, all of that. Then they're like, okay, for the price, where should we go and say like, hey, we can beat that yeah. guy. <laughs> and I think the LT is the only car that performs at that level because the Aventador SV, even though it's also a half a million dollar car, it doesn't perform as well on the track as these other cars as we saw in Banging Gears Episode 3. How many how many uh, GTs are they making? Do you know? Do you know Pedro? Five hundred. Well, 500, they're saying yep. they, in, the initial one was five hundred. Then they they were going to do another run okay. of five hundred for the second wave, and now they're starting to say like they're going to make twenty five cars for a very special amount of customers. So basically, you, there's going to be fifteen hundred. You know the okay. song, right? Be yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, here's my here's my question. Yes, I don't think they need to come out and make any claims. People are going to scoop those up. It doesn't matter. Like pe the people buying that car, they're not buying it for the number. You're no buying one. it because it's a limited edition. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you understand? Like, there's I completely no, agree you don't, with you. Because I, 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 it's like you're going out there and saying like, "I'm going to do this," and then you're going to get your ass beat. You know what I mean? You're out there like you're, you're going to get your ass beat. But if you're out there just being humble, like it's a great car, performs well. We put an eco, eco boost, whatever, <laughs> da, 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 and just leave it at that. I think people. Would do you think that, that they're putting out these numbers because people are backing out of orders? Okay, do you think so that that's no, happening? no, 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 that's no. interesting. I don't think anyone's backing out no. out of an order because you're going to make the money, no yeah, doubt about exactly. it. So uh -huh. people, the flippers that are getting the car, are definitely just going to sell the car and make some money on it. I think. 
I think the problem with what we're talking about here relates to another subject that we wanted to talk about, which is social media and media in yeah. general in the car world and how it affects it. Right. Yeah. yeah that's. I mean, that was. Which we'll that was segue next... into that with this. Let's hop how into it. That? Let's hop into it now because it's very important. So now, to, in everyone's eyes, we're living in a really weird time where there's all these younger guys that don't believe anything they watch online. Right. The millennial kids are like, anything you tell me is a lie. I'm going to look it up on my phone. Then you go to dinner, you talk to one of them, they look it up and say, no, that's wrong. Yes, that's right. No, that's wrong. We were taught by our parents that read everything on an encyclopedia. And we learned from reading magazines and newspapers without understanding that there was so many, so many other factors and things that mm -hmm. can change anything and that people can be influenced by. Yep. Does that make sense? Now comes social media. Mm -hmm. And that's been the biggest problem I, I, I think the car world is encountering, which is... It's a dick measuring competition at all times. It is. Who's the fastest and who's what? Yep. And I'm one of those guys. Or And I was very obsessed and fixed with that because I hate to be lied to. <laughs> There's like really dumb things that make me really, really, really upset. One, when someone thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> it, gives and, you an, it gives you an invoice for When something. someone comes in and he's like, hey, let me give you a quote for this. And it's an insulting quote. I get really, don't ask me why. I understand. I get really, really offended. When someone lies, I get really, really offended. Those, those are things. And these guys are doing exactly that to sell cars. Yep. You know, I bought, I've, I've gotten a bunch of cars that I buy just based on, oh, it'll do this. It'll do that. It'll do that. And then you buy the car and it doesn't do shit. Exactly. It's marketing. Exactly. And you're marketing, like, but they, but I understand you're trying to sell the car. But listen, there, there's the other part of me, which is as long as I like the car, I'll definitely buy it. That, that that's my whole point. That's my whole point. Is put out the car. Just don't lie to me. Yeah. But here's don't the thing: is like, lie is to like me. that's how that's why things are shifting, right? So so we're we're used to you know the magazines. Like we 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 read the car magazines. We were part of that. Now we have dated magazines versus instant digital content, right? That, right away, yeah. And and before our verifiable resources were these magazines. Yeah, we would go to the magazines. You know, we wanted to see what the horsepower was. Open up the magazine. This is what and it read is. it all. That that's how that's how it was. And now we have verifiable resources through digital content yep. instantaneously because yep. a lot of the people that own these cars, they're driving them, they're pushing them to the limits. You yourself is one of them. And the question that like you were you were getting to is. How has the shifted way that we value and compare cars been affected by social media? And, and in your case, how has it affected the way that you buy them? I, I think it's changed completely now uh, that we're all aware that more people are just making up numbers and that you just have to go out there and drive the car. And I think also a lot of people – so the, the, the car world is changing in so many ways. We're talking about just performance. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just see how everyone wants to have the fastest, the everything. So you see all these bullshit – fake numbers that you see all the because you never know if it's really the magazine or if someone's giving them a car that has way more power right. than the regular one right? right so you want to give them the benefit of the doubt but either way there's something lost in translation there with people at least you get to see the information come in and then a lot of people will come in and contradict it i think it's also making it more confusing for people to understand a few points and they have to gather a couple of sources everyone and i'm talking even ourselves that we believe are legit sources And that's really hard because you need to have someone that a manufacturer will come in and say, listen, I'll give you the car, but you can't say shit about it. Most people will say, I don't care. I'll take yeah. the car. Yeah. Yeah. You need, need to find you, the you right need the content. You need you, the money. That's right. And, and it's like everything in life, right? You need to find the guy that gives you that happy medium. You need to find not the guy, but the, the magazine, the, the whatever it is, the source that you're looking for has to be a happy medium yep. of that and has to be someone that you understand. You understand what their end goal is and what their agenda is. If their agenda is literally to put out a car magazine, most likely he's got to have a relationship with all these car makers. And as you and as you guys have seen from everything that we do, car makers don't like it when you tell the truth. This is true. For the most part. This is true. They don't. Others others don't care. So social media is affecting the game completely. And now it's and now it's also becoming it, it's affecting it in a second way, which is the price market. Exactly. There's so many people that get so impressed by a special edition of the special edition of the one car that came out, I don't know how many years ago. Mm -hmm. And they'll go buy it just to be like, look at me and like the money that I oh, have. Oh, it's a one of one. It's a, and the car's fucking worthless. Like, who cares? Who cares? Like, absolutely, who cares? Yep. So now prices are shifting and they're going up. Manufacturers are releasing cars thinking, these morons will buy anything just so that they can post it on their Instagram. Exactly. And their prices are getting out of control. Like, there's mm -hmm. $3 million cars left and right now. When? What? 
we jumped from the Bugatti, which was impressive as hell, from the 1.7, and now we are literally at cars that come out of dealerships, Bugattis. Like if you spec a, 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 a if you do a well, a good spec on a Chiron, that's gonna run you four million, including taxes. At dude. least, at, at least, least, yep. At least they need screwing everything up, and then everyone's now getting into this fake competition about and what we talked about: money, money, money. Who's got more money? The, that's the only <laughs> thing that matters. It's not. It's about finding those cars that will make you happy, that will bring you joy, that will make you feel complete if that's what you're looking yes. for in a car rather than just spending money to spend money. Yep. That's absolutely dumb. And that's an, it's an impressive segue. I think we're doing really good on our transition right here. Because, because the next thing that I want to talk about is is the cars that you have in your garage, right? Is is like buying cars as millennials versus like pe- people like Cadillac that are doing the rideshare programs and how we, how we take in our cars, you know, because you still have a lot of people that are collecting, yeah. but you also have a lot of people that don't really want to own the cars. They just want to enjoy them and experience them. So, so let's talk about uh, uh, Fargini. You, you, you gave us information on Cadillac's new program. So can um, you please repeat it so yeah, that everyone's so got so it? So basically, uh, it's about $1,500 a month. And for 12 months, you'll be able to pull any Cadillac that they have. You can only do it 18 cars a year. 18 cars a year. So like you're like, all right, I'm going on a trip. I need an Escalade for a week. You go on the app and you're like, bring me an Escalade. They bring an Escalade to you. Mm -hmm. You drive it. You come back. You're like, oh, um, I'm going to dinner with my wife. I would like a whatever. I don't know. CTSV. Whatever. 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 CTSV. They bring you a CTSV. So basically you're making a monthly payment and you just have access to a pool of Cadillac vehicles. You're leasing a fleet. Yeah. You're technically leasing a fleet. You don't pay for insurance. You don't pay for warranty. Well, you have labor, you know, all the... You don't pay for anything. You have no overhead whatsoever. Not even the insurance, which is so impressive. You just pay for the gas. If Mercedes had something like that, like, I'd sign up in a minute. Well, but this is what we're What about BMW? He'd be the first one to jump on that. I think BMW does actually have one of those. Somebody was telling me that BMW has some sort of program like that. Well, this is what we're talking about. It's a new way that all of these guys are going to start operating, right? Because yep. millennials really don't like to buy anything. And also, I'm not against it. I'm yep. not against it. Uh, ownership on a depreciating asset is retarded. It's the worst thing you could do. Now, ownership, but it's not even just that. It's it's more of a commitment thing for millennials. No doubt. That's, well, because they don't it's scary get, because you you have to wonder. Now, times are changing so fast. The source of income is like your sources of income are not the same as before, exactly. where you used to have a stable source of income. It would last 30 years. Now it's boom, 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 boom. What's next? Boom, boom, boom. What do I need to do now? Boom, boom, boom. You better adapt. Yep. Otherwise, you're you're gone. You're out on the street. I'm a big fan of uh, not buying not only depreciating assets, but even assets. And I, I am just changing that now in my life, which I said that I would years ago. And that's now uh, coming in. I'm also no, not buying appreciating assets without passive income. Because mm. why am I buying something that appreciates even though it's costing me because there's a cost associated with it, right? Right. So instead of doing that, I'd rather buy something that will generate, generate, generate income. income for me. And I think millennials are, are, are heading that way where, you know what? Instead of me buying a house for myself, let me go buy a building that can pay for me to rent the house. The building will appreciate. Give me also some extra money on the side. And, uh, and I'll go uh, to Coachella. <laughs> and, and I'll go to Coachella. It'll, I'll, I'll, no, no, no. But it's true. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll go to Coachella and my Cadillac. You'll go to Coachella. You're fucking in one of your 18 Cadillacs, whatever exactly. you want. But 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 it's very important to to realize that money uh, is not the number one thing anymore in this not, world to these the guys. Motivator. It's not. It's being happy. And I love that they're leaving the money part out and behind. But I want them to be smart. And that's what I'm saying. And I, I'm learning from them. I see the mm-hmm. trends. I see the everything. I, one of my biggest regrets was when I, I was able to buy a house and then learn real estate and everything was, fuck, I, I spent so much money on my first house and the second house that I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not getting any money out of that. I pay cash for the house and you're just sitting on it. Then you have property taxes and all that stuff. And you're like, this is great. I know I have this. And then I started buying commercial. And then you start realizing that money's coming in, that you – you know, you didn't have that. It's great. Right. So you can buy something commercial and you can rent it. So now there's there's also the idea. A lot of people were buying cars, leasing them and creating like mm-hmm. small Uber franchises outside of the U.S., at least in Mexico and other right. countries was happening like that. So you see that they're putting their assets to work. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, exactly. And I think that's what they want. And uh, on a separate note will be the pleasure of, you know what? Instead of getting in an Uber, I'd rather have 18 Cadillacs a, a year. Or I'd rather have, like, Fast Toys Club. That's what they do. Exactly. I go to Fast Toys Club right now. If we didn't, 
and, and if we didn't have the show, if we didn't start, this is another one of those millennial things that at some point I'll adapt and it's not a bad thing, I think, to my, in my opinion, is you spend $150,000 on a membership a year, right, with right. them. But that gives you access every day to a brand new car. Whatever the and, hell and you want. not just any car. I mean, some Yeah, nice no, 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 cars. big boy cars. They have an LT. They have Huracans. They have 488s. They have race cars. I mean, you. they have Ghosts. Rates. Yeah, because it breaks down you into credits it. the way that the way that they get it. each car, each car level is a different credit system. So exactly, but you name how how fun is that? You're I able love to do that, and then on top of that, if you don't want to spend any more money on owning regular cars, if you, if you don't want to drive, you can get an Uber, and then those are going to be driven by themselves. Like yep. this is a new trend, a new shift in in trends, and I love absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I think do too. it's great. I'm I think on board it's with it. It's 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 finally like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why am I buying a car that depreciates all the fucking time? Exactly. Why? It's the so second, weird. The second you drive off, it starts to be Isn't that weird? And we're all looking at it like, oh, that's fine. The moment I drive off my car, I just lose 30% of my money. It's, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? Yeah. If you're going to pay rent, you might as well pay rent rather than losing 30% on your $100,000. You'd rather make some payments on, you of know, course. on transportation of course. needs. Period. So I, I think that that's, a, that's another fun topic that I want to get into is say, and we talked about this the other day in the car, is... If you only have $3,000 a month to go towards cars oh. for your garage, okay? So you only have $3,000. How would how would you spend that $3,000 towards cars? So that'll be on a month on a monthly payment. A That's monthly, a monthly payment. $3,000 yeah. a month, it's it has to go towards Towards cars, and that doesn't include like servicing. And hey, all that. don't hey, don't look at me. What about? Right, so, a question: Who wants can to we, start? Can this? we talk? Can we talk collaboratively? Can I? Can I say what? Well, like you're gonna get this and this. Let me get this and this, so we can pool our cars. No, or I, it's just or it's just. But, but our, it's, it's, our it's more about. I mean, obviously, I would share my cars with you if, if that's I think what it's I had, more of a personal thing. But it's more about like what you would take. You know, would you buy one big boy purchase no, or would no. you get multiple I would, cars? I would, I would get yeah. multiple cars. I would take multiple there, as well. And now you guys see it, especially at the house, right? We're the epitome of multiple multiple cars. Yeah. It is good to have several different types of cars. There's an advantage to it because for anything that we need, we have a car for. It's a little exaggerated, no doubt, the way we do it. But I see the benefits on these things, like we're saying the Cadillac one, because of this. So now, tell us, what would be Fargini? Uh, So definitely an AMG product. Definitely some some sort of. AMG. So basically, right off the bat, you're yeah. fifteen hundred dollars out. Right. So Go the, on. So, <laughs> so the. So, um, do you think uh, E sixty three can be? Get, you can get those for fifteen hundred. Two thousand dollars at least. All right. I would get a C sixty three S. Okay. Okay. That would so you're satis- looking at uh, fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, that would satisfy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, maybe a Targa. For because uh, my daughter likes convertibles. I like that. So, I I, so I'd have the I'd have the the, the four door AMG with the pop pop pops. And then I'd have the Targa. That might be over the rate. How uh, much? How much? Uh, you might be over. We I, cover the we cover the over. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely You're not gonna cover not. it. Absolutely <laughs> not. I love Nyla, your daughter, too much, but probably I'll just get her that one, and then your ba 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 fest is gone. Uh, so you think it's gonna be two grand? I think so. Yeah, I, I would. I would do it. I'd, I'd go. I'd pay a little over. I'd have a Porsche and a and an AMG, and I think that's all I need. What about you, Pedro? I, I can't believe we're gonna give Farshad the benefit to like go over. Like you can't go over. You only have three thousand dollars. Like so, what, oh, what happened there? You can't go. I'll over. negotiate. I'll negotiate. Okay, you're I'll g- negotiate it down. You would negotiate. There's no it question. Down. I'll negotiate both of them. Down. I'll also help you get the lease okay, okay. with the right guy. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would I would probably go with a uh, Ferrari four five eight. That's it. Wait, you're wait, you're out of your mind. Uh, yeah, you're done, right. son. I can get a pretty good used one for like 22, 23. You say no? four, five, eight? A four, five, eight. Oh, right? oh, oh, I'm sorry. Not a four, eight. You're gonna blow. You're gonna no, blow four, that five, much eight. of your no, budget. Could... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So four, and then, but and the... you're gonna hate the four, five, eight because it's a good car. It's fast. It's loud. It's an actual Ferrari. I want. I want. I want it to ease me into the four, eight, eight. I want to ease into that four, eight, eight. Okay. And then I would just get just a regular Cayenne, not a Cayenne Turbo or anything, but a Cayenne for like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah, like the one we drove. Not the one we drove. No, I will not let you. I like it. That base one. He wouldn't. Yeah, the car is the same. It's just a smaller engine. Who cares? It's great. It's fun. It's fun to drive around. I mean, what would you? What would you get for seven hundred dollars? Month to finish up that, uh, um, I'd get a Raptor. Ooh, yeah, I'd get a Raptor. And and I've never had a pickup I could, truck, but I it's one of those things that right. I just have to do it at this Gosh, point. Damn it, I could get the, a Raptor. And for the that. new one looks incredible. insane, insane. Actually, I, that would fit. I'd get a Raptor. Uh, actually, you, you would love a Raptor. Well, I already got a Raptor, so so you can't have the Raptor. Okay, the Raptor's on mine now. Okay, so yeah, it's Raptor, in my garage. Raptor four five eight. Raptor four five eight. That actually uh, that actually sounds like a cool car. Raptor. I want to get a Raptor four five eight or the four five eight Raptor. Raptor, four, five, eight. Raptor. A spider, Ooh. spider or a hardtop. A hardtop. Hardtop. Okay. Hardtop. Okay. okay. Yeah. What's your three grand budget? God, guys, I'd have a smart. 
<laughs> no, I probably have like an electric car, something like that, like a hundred dollar car. Okay. Easy to get me in and out. I'd uh oh, damn it. Why is this so hard? You do this every day. No, I don't. I figured you would have this down to an art. No, 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 I don't. No, these, I, are, these are, yeah, this is tough for him. This is 3,000. This is tough for him to only spend three grand? I, <laughs> wow. Wow. really hard. I'd probably get a $100 car a month just to have because you need it. As, as the tax write-off, right? As for a, electric, 100, electric 100%. Okay. Uh, I'd probably go with a Tesla for my okay. a Model S. So what, Model. that's another $1,200, 1300 About. Let's say yeah, you're, about. 15, you're at fifteen. So I'm at fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars yeah. left. You really would get a Model S. And then with fifteen hundred left, I'd buy. No, hang on. I'd get an S class for eleven hundred a month okay. or twelve hundred a month, which is very doable. A brand new one. Yeah. So we're at twelve hundred plus the hundred thirteen hundred. So I'm I'm still seventeen uh, seventeen hundred out. Oh, well, what you get for. GT3? I don't think you can get a GT3 for that. You can get, if you finance a GT3 at the right number, you can get that. 144 months. Actually, I I would have to go with something like that. I'd go with a GT3, no doubt about that. And I I used one. And the reason why is simple. That's my sports car. I got my sedan, and I got the the car I used to go, like, around. I think this is a great if we all it's a got great exercise. These, yeah, yeah, no, no, if we got all these, we could pull them all together. That'd be great, right? I think so. Yeah, all we need is $3,000 each extra. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, Farsha. I already uh, see him sorry, pointing sorry, at hold me. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Francesca, how much does this uh, podcast pay? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, but I think that's a good question for, for, for our uh, listeners. That's you awesome know, like, question, what would you get with your $3,000 a month? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What would you get for $3,000 a month? Leave it in the comments below, please. Please, Let please. Us know. I want to see what, what's all about that. But that's, that's all we have for today's podcast. That's it. Is that it? That's, that's it. it. We made it. We survived. The building didn't burn down. Or, hey, that's we incredible. We didn't get kicked out. No hey, one kicked us out. Hey, I, get, I have to be honest with you guys. I'm a little disappointed in us. There was not enough Italian accents in this whole thing. Hey! How, much more, how, much, how many more minutes do we have? I think we're done. I, I think that's it. So again, <laughs> I just want, <laughs> so I, I I just want to wrap it up. You know, once again, guys, there's many ways to connect to connect with us. One being through Salamandra.com. Uh, the memberships on the site they allow us to continue to do this show and provide you with fun, ridiculous, and sometimes informative content. Sometimes. Uh, thanks so much to everyone that that emailed, sent us messages, all the amazing topics, suggestions, ideas. We really appreciate it. It was incredible to read all those emails. And we want to thank you for being such dedicated and loyal listeners and supporters. So please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can all, also email us at hitupedro at gmail.com. Thanks again, ideas, guys. Yeah. I'm Pedro Farshad, and you guys all know Alejandro. We'll see you next week. And uh, thank you to Embassy Row, our new yes. partners. Yes, and thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you Francesca. Thank You're you the so best. Let me, let me clap and hit my microphone. <laughs> Thank you guys. We're we're out. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs>